I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Christine Rodriguez, and uh, she is a Vedic astrologer. She is also a yoga practitioner and a student of yoga, and uh, she also knows Sanskrit, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So today's podcast will be about Vedic astrology and uh, certain topics related to Vedic astrology. So please watch the entire podcast, and you can subscribe to her channel and also subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. So yeah, let's start the podcast. So okay. welcome. Uh, can you introduce yourself? Like how you got into Vedic astrology? Sure. Well, thank you so much. First of all, for having me on your channel, I feel really grateful. And um, so. I, of course, was born in the United States. So the first introduction to astrology that I had was through Western astrology and just like the basic sun signs, you know, and I still remember being so curious and just astonished by the idea of astrology when I was very little. Um, and I started asking people their birthdays and like trying to figure out people's sun sign just by how they looked. <laughs> the same, same thing for everyone, every beginner. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. And um, I so I got really into that aspect of it. But when I moved to Austin, I met my first teacher whose name is Matab Benton, and he owned one of the most prominent yoga studios here and he was a Vedic astrologer and taught Vedic astrology courses and so I remember taking his course and I was like oh my gosh like this is it this is what I've been looking for this makes so much sense because I had been following western astrology and trying to like find patterns and consistencies but something always felt off you know it like didn't feel super complete to me or you know I couldn't quite um pin it down and then as soon as I found sidereal or Vedic astrology I was like oh my god like this is exactly what I've been looking for so it was by finding my teacher through a yoga studio <laughs> oh that's great because I haven't uh, like tested western astrology so mm-hmm. there's a huge difference uh, because of that 24 degrees uh, difference yeah. in western and Indian astrology yes but, uh, yeah I've always studied Vedic astrology so I don't have much idea about the western astrology mm-hmm. so, yeah but yeah, according to you, what is the bigger difference between Vedic and Western? Because it's just a calculation difference, the 24 degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, what else uh, do you think is the difference between Indian and Western astrology? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that that's, you know, of course, like you just mentioned, there's the more fundamental aspect of the difference in degrees, right? It's like it's a different mathematical equation <laughs> to figure out what you're looking at. So there's there's that difference. But then if you're familiar with James Braha, he... Yeah, I've, he, heard of, I've he, uh, listened to his lectures. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of introduced me to this concept is that Vedic astrology can be used really... The predictive aspect of Vedic astrology is so profound. Like, that's one of the greatest qualities of Vedic astrology, in my opinion, is its ability to predict events. And so with Western astrology, it's said to have more of like a a psychological impact and like being able to see the psychology of a person and personality. I'm like you where I never really learned how to read Western charts. I was just like interested in the astrological concepts like like Vedic astrology is like really where I learned how to actually read the chart and decipher the chart and all of that. So I can't speak so much um, for Western astrology in that way. But 
I've also found that Vedic astrology is incredible at understanding the psychology of somebody. Yeah. So that's the biggest difference that I've heard with every astrologer I've asked this question. They yeah. said the Vedic astrology is more to do with the mind compared to the material aspect uh, of a person. Okay. And that makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I'm just, it's hard for me to kind of argue for Western astrology because I think it's amazing. And I, I think that Western astrologers totally have like a gift and their own art to it. It's just, I'm so yeah. like rooted. I just like am so rooted in the Vedic concepts and, and the, yeah, like I, I'm sold on it. <laughs> so same, like we are not criticizing the Western astrology, but yes. we prefer the Vedic. Yeah. 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 And I would say the other biggest difference is that Vedic astrology is astrologically precise. Like this is the precise placement that the planets were. And then with the um, Western, it's more in alignment with the seasons. It's more seasonally based and they like to um, approach it that way. Yeah, like the biggest difference is their zodiac signs are uh, moving, while yeah. ours is fixed. The nakshatras yes. and everything are fixed completely. Yeah, yes. there's, a, there's a reason of all this calculation difference. The calculation. Yeah. So, uh, talking about nakshatras, like mm-hmm. how important are nakshatras, especially the moon nakshatra? Like, mm-hmm. usually, moon is the most important planet in uh, Vedic astrology. Mm-hmm. Like, and generally, in our country, most of the people are named after the moon sign. Like, I am a Capricorn moon. So, my name starts from J. Because uh, there's oh. the letters that are associated with uh, Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And so, that's a huge uh, importance to moon. And what it is uh, so special about the nakshatra of the moon. Like. The importance of the nakshatra of the moon? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there are so many different important aspects of it, like you just mentioned, and I'm sure that a lot of this is like you already <laughs> know this information, you know. Yeah, but uh, for the viewers, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so, first of all, understanding the moon sign is going to give a lot of insight into the person's psychological attributes, how they process, how they feel emotionally. The moon is also. Oh, excuse me, that's an alarm. The moon is also the mother, right? And so there's going to be a lot of connection to our early development and our first introduction into the world or, you know, how we developed emotionally by virtue of our connection to our mother or parental figure. So the moon is going to be very important in that regard. But then looking at the nakshatra, first of all, the nakshatra of the moon is going to set up our dasha sequence, right? Yeah, (laughs) most important thing. To predict events in, yeah. Yeah. And so depending on the dasha that we're going to be born in, that's also going to affect our early experiences in life. If you're born with your moon in a Jupiterian nakshatra, you know, you, especially if Jupiter is well placed in your chart, you may have a really, you know, more beneficial upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual, you know, having teachers early on, viewing people around you as a teacher. But then, you know, if you're born in a Rahu Dasha and your Rahu is in the eighth house, you know, you may have some really difficult times as a young person and sudden ups and downs or, you know, sudden losses, transformation, things like that. So seeing what like what nakshatra that moon is in, it's going to give so much insight into those early experiences. And then that's going to set up the trajectory of your life. But then as an adult, the nakshatra it's our it's our personality. It's our interest. So somebody who has moon in Ashwini, 
right? We look at the deities and we look at the uh, story behind the nakshatra and we learn about the Ashwini Kumaras, which are the healers, right? So someone yes. who has moon in... Most of the doctors, I guess, they have their career lot in Ashwini Nakshatra. Yeah. Many of the doctors. Yeah. yeah, Ayurvedic practitioners, acupuncturers, maybe. So like people who are interested in healing, herbalism, like being a doctor, has a stronger connection to Ashwini because of the story behind it. Yeah. And I mean, just. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. So one zodiac sign, there are like three nakshatras. So that's the reason we see very difference in the same zodiac people. So much difference, like uh, Capri, like my Shravan Nakshatra Capricorn person will be different than a Dhanishtra Nakshatra Capricorn person. Yes. Uh, his thinking and everything, because my Lord is Moon, while the Dhanishtra Lord is Mars. So mm-hmm. it will change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Just, uh, yeah. And and I think that that's also, you know, people who are not looking at the Nakshatras, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, my Moon is in Taurus and his Moon is in Taurus, but we're totally different. Different, yeah. And, well, yeah. his Many moon is in Rohini. <laughs> so it makes it more specific, and that's so beautiful and, and such a unique uh, yeah. facet. Actually, I used to get a lot of confusion because I used to just see the sign and not the nakshatras. So I usually see uh, Cancer Moon people, and I thought that, oh, Moon is so powerful. So it's good. But then I see that the Moon is in Ashlesha and is expected by Rahu or anything. And then I realized why there are, there is so much of chaos in their mind. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Nakshatra is like very important thing in, yes. in astrology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one, another like very misconception, especially in India, is about Saturn. Like uh, they have the Sade Sati, the seven and a half years time cycle of Saturn. Mm-hmm. And usually people consider Saturn as a very bad planet, the Mahadasha of Saturn or the Sade Sati. Even the Saturn moon conjunction is considered like a wish poison yoga. So let's talk about the positive side of the Saturn because for me, Saturn is my favorite planet. I have my Saturn in my ascendant. So for me, it's like the most important planet in the yeah. sign of Aquarius. Okay. Well, you have a good Saturn. Of course you like Saturn. <laughs> but it's retrograde. Yeah. But the only problem is it's retrograde. So, but still. Okay. And okay. even my sign is Capricorn. So, the Lord is Saturn. Okay. Lots of Saturn energy. But, um. It has always been a very, uh, yeah. A very attachment, like very, uh, emotional, like attachment to the planet Saturn for me. Always yeah. has been. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. Um, when I first met my teacher, Matab, in one of his workshops that he did, he had us mention, like, before we saw our chart or knew anything about it, he asked us... Uh, your voice is breaking. Oh, can you hear me better now? I think there's, like, a little bit... Your pause, so I think that there's just a little bit of interruption. <laughs> can you hear me? Uh... Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. I think there was some network issue. Okay. Is it okay now? Maybe because of the heavy rain and thunderstorm, maybe. Okay. But it's fine. Now I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, well, he had us, like, read the descriptions of the planets and then choose the planets that we related with most. And Saturn was my number one as well. And I have 
a complete like direct aspect on my ascendant from Saturn. So I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> you have Saturn in the seventh house. I do. <laughs> yeah, but it's well placed. So it's like you, right? My Saturn is relatively happy, but. So the positive qualities of Saturn I think are something that can be appreciated by Saturnine people because Saturn demands structure and discipline and commitment and hard work and he gives us the ability to persevere and again to commit to show up to want to work hard. And so for those of us who have a strong Saturn, we hear that and we're like, yes, absolutely, I can commit to that, like I can rise to the occasion, you know. And so for someone who has a weaker Saturn, discipline and structure and and working hard might not sound as fun, right? But regardless, um Saturn does give the gifts of learned wisdom. Jupiter, yeah. Like Jupiter likes to give teachings that feel fun and feel good and it's like optimistic, you know, he likes to give us lessons out of generosity. Saturn likes to give us lessons by kind of kicking us around a little bit, but then we have that learned experience that we can integrate as wisdom that we can share with other people, and I feel that the teachings that come from Saturn do not fluctuate in our life. Once we integrate a hard-earned lesson, it's like, "Oh my god, I understand. I'm never making that mistake again. I've integrated this and I can incorporate it into my life." You know how sometimes we learn something and we're like, "Oh cool, that's like a nice concept." And then, you know, an opportunity arises and we forget about it. But with yeah, Saturn, like, like a mercurian uh, energy like changing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 100% Saturn is more fixed and uh, I've also seen one of the greatest thing about Saturn especially if it's connected to ascendant or moon is the spiritual aspect about it like it is a practical planet but somehow like from what I have researched most of the monks and the spiritual guru like 90% mm-hmm. of them had a combination of moon and saturn interesting and in india like many people say it is a wish yoga it is a poisonous yoga like it is not a good uh, yoga the saturn moon combination but from what i have seen most of the spiritual people have moon and saturn together like saturn is the most important thing uh, because of that they are uh, getting detached they are getting like the spiritual system uh, exactly so uh, there are a lot of misconception about saturn actually There are so many misconceptions about Saturn and I agree with you and it's like Saturn something that I'm sure you've heard before is that Saturn delays but it doesn't deny. Yeah. So it can make things happen slower but it's not going to deny you of gifts and it's not going to fully deny you of of certain aspects of your life but like you mentioned a second ago the spiritual aspects of Saturn Saturn likes to take things away and make us feel detached. and one of the main things to incorporate on a yogic path and i may you know pronounce this correctly is aparigraha right aparigraha is the most important like i i follow jainism and uh, it is one of the five vows of uh, a monk a monk has to take five vows ahimsa aparigraha acharya asteya brahmacharya yes yes so aparigraha and ahimsa are the most important things for a yeah. jain and that's and what saturn Yeah, that's what Saturn represents. And even uh, for achieving the moksha, the first step is to be detached. Yes. To, det- uh, to be detached to the material, the illusionary world, the material world, and to realize what we are. So Saturn, I think, is the most important thing to see a spiritual person, a spirituality. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. it directly focuses on the aspects which uh, which are uh, religious which are spiritual yeah 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 no i love that i think that that's so well said and like you mentioned like saturn detaches us and for a spiritual person like for someone who comes into this world who is meant to be a spiritual being they can understand that idea of non-attachment and they can understand like oh this is all temporary like this is just a finite experience you know and so when they lose things or when saturn takes things it's like okay like this is a moment of practice and surrender yeah it's just normal like yeah yeah they don't get affected by it yeah but then if somebody but then if somebody comes into this world and they're not a spiritual person it's like oh my god it burns it's chaotic, like, yeah. yes yeah and so i mean it's it's such an important thing and it's not like it's fixed you know it's like if you can understand these concepts you can you can practice non-attachment and you can become more accustomed to the nature of saturn so if somebody is watching this and maybe they have a really weak saturn or like they've always just totally not resonated with saturn it's like you can practice and you can incorporate these teachings into your life you know make it less painful yeah. but i don't understand one thing Uh, Saturn is best friends with Venus and Rahu. Yeah, they are so opposite to Saturn. It it is just so contradictory. The this uh, concept of friendship and enemies. Yeah. You wouldn't. Because think- Rahu is illusion. Rahu is all about the material world. Yeah. Like yeah. That is so completely opposite things. But yet they are considered as the best friends. But yeah. uh, a Saturn Rahu combination is not at all good. So even though they are best friends, it's not a good combination at all. It's very yeah. ironic. Yeah. yeah, it can be a really tough combination for sure. Um, and I'm not super sure of the mythology behind Saturn and Rahu, but I remember with Saturn and Venus is that there's a story where they're lovers, and it explains the relationship between Saturn and Venus. um and they kind of complement each other because you're right like venus's beauty and its materialism i mean it can represent wealth at like a massive level but then saturn yeah, is saturn is austere you know he's the man wandering in the forest so yeah. but also venus is uh, like uh, it is said venus also represents a key part of the spirituality the mm-hmm. devotion part yes so yes yes Well, happy Sati Sati. Huh? Sorry. I said happy Sati Sati. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I don't feel like it's a bad thing to have Sati Sati. Like uh, oh. I feel it it uh, I've matured too much and from last 5 years I've completely been into spirituality and astrology and all. Maybe it's because of the Sati Sati. Maybe Sati Sati helped me to get detached from the material world. Mm. and i was less like i was started to care less about the material aspect of the life and more about spiritual aspect of life mm-hmm. from last so yeah maybe saturn is helping me yeah i'm sure but 
So, so something with Sadi Sati, and I'll give you two different case examples because I think that they're so interesting. And as you know, of course, how your moon is placed, like if you have a well-placed moon, if Saturn is a friend to you in your chart, depending on what Dasha you're running, it's going to feel a lot different, right? But Sadi Sati in general is known for giving a lot of gain. It's working really hard and it's putting forth a lot of effort, but there is the potential to get a lot of material gain. But if it's going to stay is the question. Yeah, Sometimes it's kind it's, of a rise and fall. You know, John Lennon, he became famous through the Beatles during his Sati Sati. Same, same with the Amitabh Bachchan. He's a very popular actor in India and he became his uh, Ultimate rise was during his Sarasati. Mm-hmm. So these are two big examples of uh, gaining Sarasati. Exactly. But of course, he, like for John Lennon, he also had a lot of struggle and hardship. Yeah, and he same, ended up same. losing it all, you know. But as far, I had one more example of a woman. So, of course, as you mentioned, Sarasati is a seven and a half year period. And during the seven and a half years, you know, I was watching her because I knew that she was going through Sati Sati and I was like, I wonder, you know, what's going to end up happening. Yeah, well, she, she got married. She inherited a business. She became like the head manager of a multi-million dollar business. So she she didn't own it, but she was like running it and she was a huge figure. She became like famous in the community. And then she got pregnant and had a baby. And then by all the during this Sati Sati. Yeah, all yeah. during her Sati Sati. And now in the final, she's a, her moon is in Sagittarius. So it's the final two years of her Sati Sati. She got fired from her job. She deleted oh, all of her yeah. social media. But now she's, you know, staying at home with her baby and, and her husband. And so her life just did this total like whirlwind of sudden gain, sudden recognition, like really having a lot of money. And then but generally this happens. Yeah, that uh, if the initial state of Sadi Sadi has been very good, the later stage is uh, kind of bad and vice yeah. versa. Yeah, mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah, she is also in Rahu period, so. Oh, yes. <laughs> even I am facing the Rahu Mahadasha, plus I have the Saturn Sadi Sadi. So okay. It has been very chaotic uh, last few years. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're a yogi and, and you're, you know how to handle yeah, because it. Because I've been, because of that, I'm still stable about all these things. Exactly. Because of the philosophical aspect. Good. So that's the reason I thank my Saturn uh, in the Ascendant and my 12th house moon. Because mm-hmm. it shows spirituality. And, yeah. But uh, talking about dashas, like the Rahu Mahadasha, mm-hmm. it's just the most chaotic dasha out there. Like it can make you king. And then a beggar within a few months or a few years. <laughs> yeah. And it happens, yeah. Like yeah. in my Rahu Dasha, I have seen like the top of my uh, life. And I have also seen very tough times. It has been going on since last uh, like nine years. No, mm-hmm. huh, yeah, nine years, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. about the Rahu Mahadasha? Like, uh, yeah, um... And, you know, where, do you mind sharing where your Rahu is placed or do you not want to share? Rahu is in 10th house. In oh, the sign of Scorpio. That's like a, oh, it's in Scorpio? Yeah, I'm a Aquarius ascendant. Oh, so. of course, of course. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, Rahu in the 10th is pretty good though. It's good, but uh, like I lost my father uh, during Rahu Saturn. 
as you mentioned, there may be a fall. There may be sudden losses. There may be the desire even at the end of it to be like, you know what? I don't even want all of this. Like I, I am miserable with what I have here. I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, but I've seen it happen to people. Yeah. So the loss doesn't affect us because uh, like even if I have a loss, it's like I never wanted it in the first place. So it's fine. <laughs> like have this. So it has made my life much better. Yeah, but not everyone's going to have it that easily. <laughs> so you know that's the most important thing uh, that's the reason whenever i meet some uh, someone and i uh, like look at their horoscope first thing i say that what is their perception about life like what do they think do they think completely materially or do they have any spiritual aspect about them because yeah. if their perception is completely different for them certain periods might be the worst periods of their life and yeah so it's all in the perception it's all in the mind whatever we think and whatever mm-hmm. we perceive mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that kind of ties it back to earlier when we were talking about like some people come into this world and they're born to be spiritual. They they already have these things, you know, kind of integrated. But then there are other people where it's just like it's not going to be as easy, you know. So it's like those who do come into the world who kind of are are ready to receive these teachings and, and ready to practice like non-attachment, all of that. Uh, they're lucky. <laughs> they're really yeah, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's maybe all. some good karma. Yeah, maybe exactly. some good karma is there. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Because I've seen people who like have no idea about all these things. Like yeah. I'm in India, and you know people are not like the rich wisdom that has come out of India. And Indians, many Indians don't even care about uh, all these things: astrology, yeah. philosophy, charity. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very sad to see, but that's it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's sad, you know. I mean, of course, I'm in the U- U.S., and there are people who have never heard about astrology, but they're naturally spiritual. Like, but it's like, next, yeah. You know, but it but is still it's, possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it is still possible for uh, someone in the Western country who might not uh, heard about uh, spirituality or astrology, yeah. like the Indian uh, Eastern philosophy, or anything. Mm. But for Indians to not follow it, not believe in it. Things very uh, bad. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But what what's the most sad thing about it is it's like this is the key to liberation. It's like the yes. philosophy. It's like this is the key to happiness. You know, it's like it's right here. <laughs> and so when people it's don't just, express, this, yeah, we have to just understand it. Like what uh, it is in reality. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of difference for people, and even astrology uh, has become very uh, materialistic. Yes, they prefer yeah. all the remedies to earn wealth, and I don't think the those remedies like sacrificing something or doing some uh, random thing will mm-hmm. give wealth. Because I think the karma, if there is bad karma, how are you going to get wealth? Mm-hmm. These remedies about uh, doing some random stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People, I mean, it requires a logical thinking, a very like good logical thinking. Mm-hmm. Some types of remedies don't work, and people spend millions in those remedies and all. Just yeah. to have some health, some material gain. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I heard it, the way that I was taught, is that the best way to burn karma 
is through personal practices, through sadhana. My teacher always said that sadhana can change everything. And so devoting time in meditation or chanting mantras or even cultivating a relationship to like a god or a goddess, you know. But these are the intention behind these things are different than sacrificing something for money. Do you see? The intention is different and the energetic aspect is different. So, you know, I, I do believe in remedial measures and I, and I think that they can have a really powerful effect, but it depends on where the intention is coming from and kind of what you're, tra- where you're coming from. That's my perspective. That's how I perceive And also it. the remedies need to be more practical, like which affect us. Like if someone has a, like some issue related to, maybe some has, someone has a problem with their ego, their self-esteem. So they should be working directly on their self-esteem compared to doing some random stuff outside of their self. Like, <laughs> the problem is inside. And they are going outside. So yeah. Yeah, you want to be practical. Yeah. You're Capricorn Moon. You want to know what people are doing to practically help themselves. <laughs> yeah. It is how it is. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense, of course. Yeah. But yeah, and even in religion, the more uh, the more uh, ritualistic aspect has increased a lot in religion compared to the philosophical aspect about self-realization, detachment, destroying the karmas. Hmm. So, yeah, these things are happening, but it is maybe the kali yuga, the time cycle yeah. is bad. Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But astrology is very important to like go towards spirituality if we yeah. perceive it in a in a very right way. A path yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other question? Like, I'm interested. I know that this is your show, and so people already may know this. But how did you get introduced to astrology? Like my mother was. Uh, in, uh, into astrology, but I was very uh, skeptical about astrology. I never believed in astrology initially. And even I was uh, just like the normal person uh-huh. uh, who didn't believe in astrology and stuff. But uh, later, when I, like, when I started studying a bit around 19, 20, uh, when I was 19 or 20, then at the age of 21, my father expired. Then I wanted to see that what exactly happened, why did it happen. And I checked my own horoscope and I realized that uh, it was meant to be like the combinations and everything were perfectly aligned the exact date and this was going to happen then I started researching about it more and more then I saw looked at my all my friends Kundli, uh, Kundli's horoscopes and uh, I got into astrology completely through that oh, like yeah. through research and through uh, like practical the more practical aspect yeah. of predicting and seeing whether it is working or not awesome and then I realized that astrology is 100% correct yes Yes, without a doubt. And it's, it's so Coming from a person who was 10 years back, I was very skeptical about it. Like, I didn't believe in it. And yeah. I tested it and I can guarantee say that it wasn't right. And it I, led to spirituality, which is uh, more important. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. But how did you get it completely, like, uh, being a Westerner, it might be very different uh, for you to learn something about India. Like, how did you yeah. get into this, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like, the Indian philosophy, Indian astrology? Yeah, you know, I was really lucky. I just lucked out. And as I mentioned to you, my teacher, Matab, 
he was very traditional and he was very true to Indian practices. So um, he was also a yoga teacher and a Kundalini teacher. And so he stayed like by the tradition in which things were taught. It wasn't like he took a little bit of it. What's that? Uh, which is rare, like people uh, forget about the tradition and the culture, which exactly. uh, is very important. Oh, it's so important. Uh, but what did you think uh, initially when you found out about the Vedic uh, system, the Indian astrology and Indian philosophy? Like yeah. initially, what were your thoughts uh, when you just found out about all these things? So... For like the Indian, like Hindu philosophy, or I mean, even just like Eastern philosophy, like to make it even more broad, um, I was immediately attracted. I was like, this is exactly what I was missing because I grew up in a Christian school. I went to a Christian school until I was in high school and I had heard nothing of having these tools and modalities to transform my life and to connect with my spirituality. You know what I mean? It just... It made so much more sense to me. I was immediately attracted to it. I loved the yamas and the niyamas and having a guide of, like, how to live my life and how to conduct myself properly. So, like, that was just immediately attractive and um, made sense. And with the astrology, like you, like, it made more sense. I was like, okay, astrologically precise, love it. My moon is actually in Aries. Makes so much more sense. Oh. <laughs> so like in I the Ashwini like, nakshatra, or uh, yeah, in Ashwini, yeah. And so it's like I had these little moments, like a personally, like okay, personally that makes more sense. But I was still skeptical because, like, my teacher, like I was listening to him talk, and he would say these like grand things about what astrology can do, and I'm like, really though, like, can it really do that? And so, like you, I started studying, I started doing research, and it was absurd how, without a doubt, every time the astrology is there, it's precise, it's accurate. Like, this is a science. It's not woo-woo. It's not, like, something that's made up. It's like a science. And it's in astrology, studying the stars is the first science that unites all of the cultures, you know, like... It's not, um, it's very frustrating for me because being in the West, people often discredit it or think that I like put too much weight into it. And I'm like, well, watch this because I'm going to predict X, Y, and Z about your life. It's like a magic show. Like uh, when we do predictions, it's like a magic show. People are like, wow, what happened? Just like, yeah. yeah. It's a very good tool to socialize. It is. It is a yeah. cool tool, yeah. Just like a party trick. <laughs> yeah, it is. And people get shocked completely. Like, they they are yeah. completely then, even after months, they are, like, uh, contacting me for yeah. more predictions. Yeah. But many times this happens that people become very dependent on astrology, which is even wrong. Like, completely yeah. becoming dependent. Like, every day, early morning, uh, reading the newspaper for the horoscope. Uh, like yeah. in India, every day, there's the daily horoscope which comes. Oh, cool. So many people just become uh, completely addicted to it, which is yeah. also in a way wrong because uh, whatever yeah. is going to happen will happen anyway uh, yeah, due yeah. to our karma. Mm-hmm. And uh, to just be so... Yeah, and some people will like make choices like based off of the astrology. You know what I mean? Like... There was one person who, like, wouldn't buy yogurt on a specific day if the moon was in a specific sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know? uh, what people start doing. Like, if so, today's uh, number 13, today's 15th date, maybe for someone who has a bad Venus, he might say 15 is not 
a good day for me. Yeah. Your six is uh, Venus. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. These things are not so good. It it transforms into superstition rather than a strong belief. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I I think that's the best way to verbalize it is that it turns into a suspicion, a superstition rather than like actual faith in it. Um, yeah, but the other thing that I wanted to mention though about like you keep on saying like if it's going to happen it's going to happen like I agree like if there are things that are set up in your chart like you can just have full faith that whatever karma you're meant to play out in this life like it's going to play out but the free will like there is no of course there are elements and like this is where it's so important to remember that like these daily horoscopes where we get like super tied up on this is how something's going to be it's like you have complete control of how you're going to encounter that energy. Like, don't be a victim. You know, don't let yourself just get bossed around by some words or whatever. It's like you get to control your choices ultimately, and you also get to control how you respond to the environment. So it's like, okay, even if it's saying like, oh, it's going to be a bad day, it's going to like the energy is going to be dark. It's like you still have the choice of being lighter and being more optimistic and trying to face the world with resiliency rather than like staying inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same in uh, spirituality, like uh, in Jainism or Hinduism. They say that whatever is going to happen, good or bad, you have to be neutral, just like uh, water, the steel water. Mm-hmm. That be neutral about it. Don't get attached or don't get uh, angry or uh, have hatred about anything that's going to happen, nor be completely indulged into it because that's not the spiritual path. So it's just the same thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So you have some meeting, right? I do. Yeah. So we can like do some podcast in the future. Okay. I would love that. Anytime. Just let me know. Yeah. It was amazing. Thank you so much for, uh, you. taking your time out for this podcast thank you so much yeah. it was really amazing and we'll do many podcasts in the future okay. on maybe particular topics of Vedic astrology or maybe in the philosophical area or the yogic part so okay. yeah yeah it was great That's great alright well thank you so much have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon yeah thank you so much yes Bye. of course bye